damn podcast in the gaming industry trademark 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 pew, pew. let's go baby fall is upon us fully officially in swing leaves are turning weather is changing and i fucking love it i am currently sitting here eating halloween oreos halloween's a favorite holiday by far <laughs> of yours truly so i'm gonna be pretty chipper this month to be frankly honest and uh for the foreseeable future because I love holiday season. Anywho, without further ado, we're going to get right into your favorite soundbite of the day. That's right. It's time for the plug walk and what better place to start than the social channel, Twitter, at People Like Games. That's where you can find us or you can find Lilo over at, at Lilo PLG. The Reddit is now officially live, finally. There you go. Our backslash people like games. Check it out. We are going to be posting there weekly, and we're going to be pretty active. Um, And if you listen to last week's episode, Bezos is going to be our uh, moderator over there. So he'll be uh, he'll be pretty actively involved as well. But anyway, where can you find the show? Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. Minus title, which we'll get there eventually because the team is strong, the brand is strong. But in the meantime, we're going to stick into the here and now and kick it over to Lilo 4. Table of contents, baby. It's the talk. All right. So during this week of the 10th of October, you're going to be hearing a shorter episode. And that's something that Solo and I wanted to let you know. So normally we'll do about four segments or so per episode, and those can be interchangeable. However, this week we will just be doing two segments for you. And that is the quick scope, which will give you the overall view of the industry, the most important news that you should have heard about this past week. It could range anything from business adventures to gaming news and rumors coming up. We're going to be doing that, and then we're going to just finish it up, the short episode, with the final lap. And the final lap, we'll we'll be talking about the news we've heard about the next-gen consoles and more about that in a little bit. So Speculations, in essence. Essentially. Because why not? And there's a lot of news uh, in the week that lends us the ability to speculate there we go anyhow on to the top of the hour and that is time for the bell quick scope and let's get into this because we have decided to finally cut the episode a little bit shorter an hour 30 an hour 20 we get it that's a whole (laughs) lot of fucking time (laughs) so a lot of hearing us yeah basically so (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that's the best part, and uh, you know yeah. why cut it short then? Ah, so tough. Why cut it short? Because uh, sometimes saturation uh, works against yourself. And speaking of saturation, Nintendo has not reached that point in the mobile market just yet, but they may be making moves into that realm. And for our first story, that starts off with Nintendo patenting the Game Boy phone controller case. It's basically a case, more or less, that will go over an iPhone or an Android and serve as a uh, Game Boy. It's probably going to be a USB-controlled device. It's something that you've seen in a lot of controllers already, where I went to Comic-Con last year and they had these like foldable controllers that were USB-connected, and it always made me think about streaming and why that would be the future where the the ability to take mobile phones and turn them into like sort of retro gaming devices is plausible. Hopefully this allows um, a partnership I've long been pushing for, which is Nintendo and Apple. If you are able to play Pokemon games on your iPhone, I think that would be a very, uh, you know, interesting thing. I think people would be willing to pay for a service like that. Games as a service is something Nintendo wants. If they're having trouble in the mobile market with their individual games, why not take ones that are already hits and only need to be slightly... They only need to be retrofitted for shit. There's just emulators already. I mean, just I was let that say, shit they're, run they're on. on there. They're already on there. So just to collect it and just run it officially. And then there wouldn't be illegal ones So because there would be an official one. True. Bringing it back, I think this case is a pretty funny and solid idea and it's all about the nostalgia factor that's what nintendo's been all about they don't really have any new ips as we know they just rinse and recycle but the shit is working for them everyone loves it so why not have a game boy case over your phone that allows you to play the games as if you were holding a game boy itself it's one way to keep in touch with the future because you're playing on your cell phone another way to keep in touch with the past because you remember what it looked like what what you did the buttons you could press and the idea for this patent is that it could be fully interactable. Everything, every button you press will have an action as a result. You can use the D-pad, you can start, select, whatever the case. So it, it solves the main idea. problem, which was the fact that the buttons are on the screen and get in the way of the actual game. So it's we'll see how it goes. They obviously yeah. haven't made anything yet. They just they patent everything now, right? Apple has like what hundreds of thousands of patents and shit, shit like that. Fair point. Can't so. argue that. Yeah, we'll see if it comes out. All right, Uh, let's roll on to our next topic, and it's something that I covered in my Lilo solo adventure. If you heard that episode, episode 51, it's a follow-up that we have for you, and for anyone who's a fan of Telltale's games, I covered how Telltale actually... Were fans. I mean, kind of were, but guess what? You can still be fans, because... Fair fair point. I'll give you that technicality. (laughs) Telltale, unfortunately, had to drop from 250 members to 25 employees because they could not to secure zero. funding. They, 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 got re- they got rid of the rest of them. But yeah, I mean, they did get rid of the rest of them. However, guess who stepped in to save them? None other than the creators and owners of The Walking Dead themselves, Skybound. So Skybound has Skybound Interactive is the company that owns the rights to Walking Dead and, and you know produced a show with AMC and made the hit and it's what everyone loves on TV or at least did for the first couple seasons before it started sucking. 
they have made a new branch called Skybound Games, and Skybound Games has secured the rights to Telltale's Walking Dead series, and they're bringing back the original members who created the Walking Dead saga for Telltale Games to finish the series, because unfortunately, Telltale was in the final series of the Walking Dead saga that they were doing, and uh, they had to stop halfway because of the layoffs, so... Skybound uh, Games is coming in. The guys who have The Walking Dead are coming in to save the day. Uh, I thought that was uh, fucking sweet and a really cool idea for fans of the series. So, what do you think? If I'm going to make a honest uh, confession, I did not know that The Walking Dead started out as a comic. I actually just learned it yesterday. Oh, That's Jesus. That's funny. <laughs> oh, anyway, Jesus. so I don't really have much to say on that behalf. I did play Batman Telltale Game. That was pretty cool. I do think that uh, it further establishes because I wasn't there for that episode of Leela Solo Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a story that really interested me. But just my quick note on it would be it further furthers the case for why unionization is a plausible or a fair pragmatic idea for some of these game developers because of situations like that where, where they're faced into in just overall in the industry having to do crunches and having to push into overtime hours and et cetera to be able to launch these games. And the moment a game's launch, a company is able to lay off the staff and it's like, oh, well, that that's how it goes. It's like, no, not really. Part of the benefits of that product should also go to the individuals who are part of the process. And so it's just sort of like a churn and spit out process where a few end up in a better position than most. And so I, I think that's like endemic of business in general. You're trying to make the most money. However, I don't think your situation directly applies because it's not like they wanted to lay off everybody. They were trying to secure funding for several years and they couldn't get anybody else. And so their big group of 250 people, they couldn't support anymore. So they had to cut funding. They, they Sorry, they had to cut projects and they had to lay off people. I, I understand we're coming at a union in terms of maybe someone who's a huge enterprise like blizzard hiring separate companies or microsoft buying all of these subsidiaries and like those guys the have thing is, power, in, but like it, i don't know it's a, it, it's a, just like another example that if a company with a product like that can go down it's the same way that actors have their guilds etc each industry has something like that so when it comes to game development to think that you know, you're dealing with what a handful of major publishers and developers that not that conspiring is the word that you're going to use there, but that they're not yeah. going to work. <clears throat> exactly. So you you know how they're going to view things. So is it fair for game developers who are majority of them freelance? Deve- you know, because so That's much work everybody. is moved. It's a whole separate topic of because we're moving to a freelance market to a degree in some of these areas. Should there be legal protections for those freelancers because in most cases if you're a freelancer you know there isn't and you just sort of survive on this that and the other and so that's a whole another conversation right but, i was gonna say we could argue this for days we need but let's get into the important things and that's thankfully epic games is doing that <laughs> with their new program that's running until december 31st to help the neediest of all people and that is the limited time support a creator event so that you can financially support 
your favorite YouTube and Twitch streamers, which Jesus fucking Christ. I wish at one point someone would think about charity. We're literally going through the holiday season and be like, oh, is that Thanksgiving and Christmas? I think Ninja needs five bucks. Right? Fucking people. Mm, your but favorite anyway, streamers. Oh, my God. For basically the process is that for every 10,000 V-Bucks spent in game, their favorite creator will receive $5. And that creator will, I think, cycle out every... 14 days yeah every two weeks uh it's sort of stupid and you have to spend so much fucking money so much fucking so much money and i wish that uh epic would create i don't know some sort of charitable foundation where this could go to i'm sure they do good work somewhere or another but support a creator event is a a bit tone deaf that's all i'm gonna say yeah dude you spend a hundred dollars of your own. Sorry, for every hundred dollars spent during that two-week time period, they will get five dollars. And I guess the important distinction is that it's not like one person needs to spend a hundred dollars. Like I could spend ten, you could spend ten, and other eight people can spend ten to make a hundred, and then he'll get five bucks. But like, come on, That's not man. Gonna happen. Yeah, like you were saying, I think it's important to donate to charity during this season of Festivus, if you would. And why, why the creators when hopefully they're doing pretty well? I mean, why not the creators? I don't know. Hey, some fucking Halloween sound cues. Just it's whatever. Say it again. I just screamed out. I just need some fucking Halloween sound cues. It just hit me. <laughs> this is Halloween. This <laughs> is that's all Halloween. that was in my head as we were talking. There you go. Continue. All right. Epic Games is making some other big news and big moves, rather. Because it has just made its stance clear on cheating. Just kidding, they did that a while ago. But they did solidify their stance on cheating. So Epic Games has just acquired the studio Kamu, which is Helsinki-based company whose offerings include game security, game telemetry, and game management services. So they've already been using Kamu's services with Fortnite. And what Kamu does is essentially stops cheating. So they bought an anti-cheating company and yeah it's now a subsidiary of epic games they're taking fortnite seriously they obviously think that fortnite is going to be around for a while they've been dropping updates every fucking week which is i guess a good sign for a big company but it's funny you can when i say they're clear about their stance on cheating we covered a story several months ago about epic games suing two alleged cheaters including one kid who was 14 years old (laughs) for copyright infringement where they made some cheats and some hacks for the game and were showing it on YouTube and stuff. And so their stance is that they're not okay with ongoing cheating for anyone, regardless of age. And the 14-year-old kid's mom tried to bring it up to the court and get the case thrown out because it was too young and didn't understand what it was doing. But Epic's like, nope, fuck that. We're going to sue you. And yeah, they're making their side clear and they're just solidifying their stance, like I said, because they bought the security company that they were using to monitor Fortnite anyway. And I guess, yeah, I mean. Well, I think that's pretty <laughs> that's interesting. Fucking, it's it's only fair that they end up buying a company like that because they are sort of a, a global company and because they have now so they much are, yeah. uh so many transactions occurring per day i think they're they're almost like as likely to be a target for 
hackers as would like a company like target you know, remember when like target and a bunch of those places ended up getting hacked because yeah. of the number of credit card transactions you only imagine what Fortnite or epic's dealing with yeah you know on a day-to-day basis so uh i think i i do think it's a trend that will continue where major publishing companies will start picking up these sorts of security-based companies to shore up their services especially as they move check what's mine especially as you move into the cloud which speaking of in our little next door which is probably one of the this is going to hit the title of the episode that's for goddamn sure microsoft announced project x cloud and that is it's not something that's pretty much following on the heels of what we covered last week, and that was Project Stream, Google's new streaming project, which was allowing mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which we're going, we may or may not get into in future episodes, but uh, the ability to play that on a Chrome browser just further shows the cloud race is now on fully. Mm-hmm. NVIDIA's in it with GeForce, and with Google getting in with Project Stream, Microsoft, obviously, with the fact that they have the Azure Cloud Network and with, you know, a pretty heavy presence there, have now officially launched it in games or at least launched the idea to the world. The concept being you can play on any single device uh, and use an Xbox controller that can be connected with Bluetooth. Obviously, they haven't given a whole bunch of uh, detail as to when it'll be live etc but i mean i know it's a concept that's alive but it does make microsoft and xbox sort of officially one of the more interesting companies and takes it away from it makes me not it sort of it makes me not want to sell my xbox that's the way i'll put it where i had given up completely as sort of like on this show to be like oh i'm on playstation i think xbox is making technology moves that make me interested to see the way in which they'll execute it versus say Nintendo, which had interested me a lot, but which I've really cooled on because they haven't followed up with anything. Microsoft is letting the Xbox one run, but simultaneously the next generation, I'm getting really curious and excited for. Yeah. I think uh, you bring up some good points that we will talk about in a few minutes. All right. Cause I definitely want to, bring up a point you just made and uh how the future is gonna be so let's switch some gears and let's go over to the next topic which includes movie magic and video games i think this is a big story to come out that actually solo found so i gotta give him some credit about this shit shit <coughs> excuse me i don't want to give him credit fuck <coughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where is that where is that oh that was loud <laughs> sorry Sorry, Here we go. Man, Do you really That's know? a beautiful because one. It is a all big right. deal. I don't even I've got all my sound cues clicked on the shit. Anyway, uh, I'm talking about movie magic and video games because it has just been announced that there will officially be a Monster Hunter live action movie adaptation that Capcom has confirmed. So the Japanese publisher announced the movie and it's slated for production with the first details on its plot. And I guess who's going to be involved announced. So, the guy who you might know, if you're a fan of video game movies, Paul W.S. Anderson, 
is going to be writing and directing the movie for Monster Hunter. If that name kind of sounds familiar or doesn't sound familiar, well, he's the one who directed and wrote all of the Resident Evil films that you may or may not like. Mixed audience there, mixed bag, I'll be honest. However, faithful adaptation to the games... Okay, wait, wait, wait. When I say faithful, don't rip me apart. I mean, there was an adaptation to the games, and they obviously stuck with it for a while because there's been, what, like six fucking Resident Evil movies? So it's been around the block. It's It's... It's been there. There's a dedicated presence. Clearly, a shit ton of money was shoveled in there. So it's exciting to see that a new franchise, a new IP is coming through. Capcom's clearly very excited. It's going to take place, I don't even know when, but it's going to have two protagonists from different parts of the world, quote-unquote, and this is what I'm air-quoting to Solo. Two protagonists having to work together, fighting monsters to survive in the Monster Hunter world. Thoughts? Uh, further confirms my notion that video games are the place that uh, Hollywood is going to look to mine content and IP from now that they feel that comic book fatigue may set in in the next two to three years. And lastly, uh, it's going to suck probably. Further, further confuses me More as to who suck. the fuck... <laughs> Who the fuck decides what IP is worth making into uh, a movie? But that's neither here nor there. It's all about Let's get me. into, as you know, as you know, no, no, Lilo's, as you know, no, no, Lilo, one of Solo's favorite topics, and that is legals, because that becomes a long running case that I can keep following up on. And this one is very interesting in particular, and that is that. Sony has decided to sue a California man for selling jailbroken PlayStation 4s. That's curious to me because I would say that most consoles you knew had piracy issues, but probably in the life uh, in the lifeline of the PS4, I don't really think it's been a major issue. Fair. I was gonna say it usually happens early in the life cycle of a game or of a console too. So Switch got yeah, jailbroken and- like within the first week. Xbox got broken within the first week, and this is five years after PS4 release. <laughs> yeah, and years. it's fun- <laughs> like, and it's funny fuck? because now now that it's uh, now that they've had it, it's funny enough. Now they're getting some of their best games out, <clears throat> so That's it true. gives them That's more of a reason point. to be stern about it. So they're basically bringing the hammer down on this guy for basically pretty fucking blatantly selling this shit on eBay. And going so far as to buy two of the consoles from Scales, the guy's name who is buying and selling them is Eric Scales. And so Sony actually bought two of the consoles that were jailbroken from him. And if you go to his website, uh, he gives you printed uh, instruction copies showing you how to install illegal copies and encourage people (laughs) to enjoy all games free. On his website, Scales even displayed a skull and crossbones pirate flag and encouraged pirate people bay. to stop buying games. Now he can't claim he was modding PS4 uh, for no reason, but I will say to our man, Eric Scales. That's, that's fucking right. outstanding. You get a that's fucking outstanding and a PLG salute because uh, if anyone deserves the middle finger... It's some of these video game companies. And granted, this is a ridiculous way to go about it. And Sony probably has 
a pretty a pretty close and shut legal case against this guy and it's only oh, yeah. a question of how He's much money they want money. from him but uh that's hilarious and so respect playing with fire i'll be honest he knew he got close and then he now now finally he's getting burned so worth yeah. it <laughs> worth it let's um let's backtrack and go back to some microsoft news that we just want to follow up with you on and give you the updates that we have found out. So sources from Kotaku have found out that sources Jason Schreier, actually, and we know who Jason Schreier is. But anyway. Book review, book review, book review, which speaking of, we are going to be doing (laughs) book review, interlude, that all, actually, that reminds me, don't forget to subscribe to People Like Games, Apple, <laughs> Google, Spotify, you know the deal. Yeah, yeah. At People Like Games, the Twitter. And lastly, uh, Jason Schreier, book what, review. Jason Schreier, book review. We are having our second annual book review. And not annual, I guess, just our second one, because I don't know why I said the word <laughs> annual. Anyway, we're going to be doing the book Console Wars by Blake J. Harris. There you go. That's on October 24th. That's just a quick announcement. Interlude over. Back to the show. Okay. Back to the show. So an article by the guy Jason Schreier on Kotaku. He talked about how Microsoft is close to buying Obsidian. And honestly, I don't have too much to say. If you don't know who Obsidian is, I'm just going to give you the quick highlights. They are the guys who are best known for working on Knights of the Old Republic 2 back in 2004, Fallout New Vegas in 2010, and have been around since 2003. They're based out of Irvine, California, and almost went out of business in 2012. They launched a Kickstarter, and this would become Pillars of Eternity, which we also covered in our first ever book review. Book review. Book review. So Microsoft is finalizing a deal, apparently, with Obsidian, and you should be expecting them. Microsoft has been on a fucking tear of buying studios and i'm just so excited to see the first party content that they come out with honestly like these studios obviously will either be first or second party something like that and they're obviously not independent anymore because they're working for microsoft microsoft is really doubling down hard and almost like it's kind of like the indie field but also not really so we'll see yeah we'll we'll see sounds about right but speaking of indie but not really indie because what's an indie that becomes a smash hit, I suppose it becomes established at a certain mm-hmm. degree. So an established indie is what we're going to call this little game, Stardew Valley. You've obviously heard of it. I've been debating buying it, and I said on last week's episode for Switch, I still don't know if I want to buy it because it sort of makes me feel like I'd be buying Farmville for my phone for $15, but for my Switch. But... For those of you who love it, because if so is about something, it is to each their own. Stardew Valley is coming to iOS and Android. And it's coming this month. And it's coming very soon, actually. Dude, it is coming on a date we just mentioned, October 24th. 24th? Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty quickly, too. Not surprising. I, I feel like this has been... A while in the making but i am sure that they spent the intervening time between the game 
I guess, setting it up for each, you know, from porting it to each console, et cetera. And then when it came to mobile, they were probably trying to figure out a way to monetize it, if we're being frankly honest. So, Dude, I don't know. When you say they, I know you just mean he, because... I know, he is definitely part of a company Eric now. Eric Barone, yeah. Eric Barone's part of a company now. Dude. Eric Barone isn't establishing Eric Barone isn't doing all of this himself anymore. He literally did it all by himself though. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, in making the game. In making the game, yes. True, true. And, and releasing on uh, Steam and making $20 point, But like, what? You think he's not doing this Up to that himself? point, yes. Up to that know, point, man. yes. And I'm sure he had a role in deciding the way that it was going to be monetized. Yeah. But I don't think he was the one that was sitting there, you know, doing the swift development to create the game on mobile. He made the whole fucking game himself. I don't know. He literally did everything. That this makes is a good thing that to has research. no. Let's, let's follow up on this. That has no bearing on whether he coded a single word of the mobile version. I would say that it shows how dedicated and how precious this project is to him. How how much he owns it. it. And if anything, no. the emotional value of like letting someone else do All something right, with people, it. People, please just tweet at Lilo how silly this sounds. Just saying. You're, you're kind of ridiculous. You're thinking only in terms of money, not in terms of emotions, which I think half these people who make games is all about emotions, too. Fucking the God of War director that we talked about the other day. He was crying from his reviews. He's emotionally invested. I think Eric is probably the same thing. I else? would be thoroughly shocked if he was able to do actually that's a lie because he built the whole game by himself so to say that would be <laughs> See, thoroughly chunk okay. they rebuilt the mobile one. alright fair point fair Not point that is worth researching anymore. I'm gonna grant that to you alright okay. I, I, I withdraw my original protest and say fair point because now that I'm saying it out loud for spent five years <laughs> five years I'm like no way he's not crazy I'm like oh wait no he is he is crazy he spent literally uh, five years living on his girlfriend's right. like 60 grand salary crazy uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to grant that one. I'm going to definitely take that back. But that is definitely a question I do I want to uh, hear cool, more about. Yeah, yeah. I guess research project. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so on that note, let's, uh, well, it's going to make a lot of money is the best way to put it. Pretty much. It's going to make a shit ton of money. You know what else is going to make a shit ton of money? People love ports and remakes, man, and adaptations. <laughs> they do, huh? You know what else gives credence to that statement, I guess you'd say, is the fact that Square Enix is milking this motherfucking cow that is Kingdom Hearts that is very precious to both you and I to death. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's slowly making me hate it. It's just so absurd where Square Enix is... I said Enix before, I know it's now Enix, but whatever. Uh, Square Enix is releasing a new game that is coming out October 30th that is titled Kingdom Hearts The Story So Far. It's a new compilation of... All those favorite games that you got in the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 that they released, the 2.5 they released, and the 2.8 that they released. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out on January 25th uh, on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. It's gonna, but like, well, it's gonna cost 60 bucks. But this the story so far is coming out on PS4 and it's gonna cost 40 bucks. I have no words. I have no words because I've already bought 1.5 and 2.5. I don't know if I should buy this, but I feel like I have to. But I'm addicted. <laughs> I'm addicted to Kingdom Hearts. I have two words. Fucking pointless. It is, and probably. Speaking of silly and sort of also 
upsettingly annoying. Call of Duty Black Ops is going to be coming out on Friday. And while I'm pretty excited about that, I, because as you know, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty bullish on how they were going to establish this game as their sort of eSport for the next like two, three years right. coming. And they're going to keep uh, expanding and, and making it better, etc. But anyway, it is going, it is a part of an increasingly annoying trend of first day mega patches. And yep. in this case, it's the a game game. Oh my God. In this case, the game has a 50 gigabyte patch. Do you know what the size <laughs> of the game is? 55 fucking gigabytes. It's so like everything the whole game. is basically the whole game. It has to be patched. And it really makes me like think that like, what is the point of selling a game that even if you download it from the disc has to then be to downloaded and then re-downloaded a second time. Like, is that crazy? It's wild to me. Uh, it, Take it's it pretty account. ridiculous. Read and write times too. Like off a CD should be quicker hypothetically. Because you have the and, hardware and right it there, further, and like, it ugh. further like makes me more annoyed with the fact that if you buy a hard copy, a hard physical disc of a game, and put it in, and in the and Microsoft or something requires you to download the game on top of already needing to have the game in there to play it, it's like, what's the point of all this fucking redundancy? Isn't this supposed to be advanced technology? Fuck you. I'm sure we could figure out why they require you to download that, and that could be another question that we answer. It'll be dumb, but sometimes, uh, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes uh, assumptions can be wrong. <laughs> yes, uh, this is a good statement to lead into our next topic. That'll be quick. Uh, our assumptions about the next Assassin's Creed. I thought it was going to suck. Unfortunately, we were I very genuinely wrong. thought it was going to no, suck. I think we both did. I think we both were Assassin's Creed fatigued out, except the fucking community ain't. Why? Because this game got like a 9.5 on IGN, has a Metacritic rating of like a 9.0. Like, it, that's an aggregate. I read of the all line, the best RPG since The Witcher 3. This is disgusting. I want to say, from me. what I know, because I haven't played The Witcher 3, that's a pretty big statement. Oh my but, God. It's, it's insane yeah. that. This game is apparently being touted as the best in the Assassin's Creed tr like series of all time. And Insult to, give to you number two. Numbers, say what? Insult to number two. Yeah. It's an insult to Assassin's Creed in general. The first one was so mind-blowing. It was fucking crazy. Um, but Assassin's Creed Odyssey launched last week, and it garnered 62,000 concurrent players on Steam, which is a 33% increase over Assassin's Creed Origins, w which was... Set, which set a record at 41,000 concurrent players for Assassin's Creed last year. Oh my god. It's just, it at hurts me. At some point, the guy, get, the guy just launched a new fucking series because, like, and I'm hey, so tired of hearing money, the name. Man. They're making money and they're doing well, and apparently, you can do some cool things in this, and the story's really good. I don't know. I'm reading all these reviews. The funniest part, though, is that UK fans, they love their football. Assassin's Creed launched in the UK, only debuted at number two because FIFA stayed at number one. <laughs> Obviously. Like and I'd be playing FIFA and FIFA sucks, I'm not going to lie. Oh. And I, uh, yeah, FIFA 19 is pretty whack. Um, anyway, closing this little quick scope out with an article that I had initially planned to make a part of a solo recommendation, but since we didn't have Lilo's Game Spotlight, I was like, 
fuck it. If we ain't got one personality, we ain't doing the other. Aww, so thanks, man. In the quick scope, we're going to finish up with a pretty cool article over on Game of Sutra by Bryant Francis, and that is an interview with uh, the Insomniac's game director Ryan Smith to talk about the development of Marvel Spider-Man. It was super cool. It's something that we've talked about a lot. Leo still hasn't played it, but yeah. if you have a PlayStation, you probably have. It has a lot of interesting physics features, in particular with the focus on the web slinging, and that's where they talk, uh, or a lot of the focus of the conversation is on. Uh, funny enough, there's just a, two or three points to jump in on. One was how they talked about that Sunset Overdrive. While a lot of people thought that was a model for the movement, wasn't necessarily it because Sunset Overdrive has a lot of very rapid fire movements, whereas they end up having a lot smoother motions in Spider-Man. And so uh, a lot of what they ended up having to do was to create a sort of momentum of movement based on how they were swinging. And that was based on like a, par- a parabola of the way that Spider-Man is going to swing. And so- That's pretty sweet. The way that then they had to just change up uh, the feeling of speed when you were going from a swing to changing directions to jumping early in a swing to jumping off a building and sort of getting the speed movement that, you know what I mean? When you're right. diving down a yeah, tall yeah, building. Exactly. Gravity, that kind of shit. All those things, scaling the world. And lastly, about how uh, if you've seen a little bit of the gameplay, functions there are a lot of gadgets in there and one of the things that helped them was ratchet and clank and they said a lot of the work that they did on ratchet and clank helped them able help make them able to seamlessly sort of integrate it into the game yeah and so a little surprising like i said super excited to see second one and let's all hit up lilo at lilo plg and tell him to go buy that game because he did finally be God of War 2, so he did. He let's did. give it up. Let's give it up. Round Thank of applause. Thank Round you. of Thank applause you. here. There's anyway, a long time coming. Long time coming. We're going to do a review. We're going to do like a, just a long episode talk. Let's beg Corey Barlog to be on the show. Please, sir. Please, Please. sir. Please. <laughs> One more all. interview, sir. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you should do it. Uh, do Happy. it, Corey. Hit us up. And... Uh, Uniqlo, I love you, but your shipping's taking forever. Oh, no bueno. Coming over from Asia, no bueno. No joke. No bueno, no bueno. So, Anchor, hit us up. We're still looking for a representative mm-hmm. because Uniqlo ain't hitting us up. So, once we get big enough and Uniqlo hits us up, I'll take back all the bad things I said like we did about Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, now on to, I guess that's the end of Quick Scope. On to, I guess, uh, a little bit of. That's right. An extremely short final app, I suppose. And uh, that's just just to sort of speculate a little bit about about next consoles. And so I'm going to to pose it to you, Lilo, as a question because it's something I've been thinking about all day. It's been obvious to me growing in the news and sort of as a pattern that it looks like Microsoft's play for its next generation of consoles is going to be the the cloud and streaming, and, and that's how they're going to end up trying to be their sort of unique identifying factor. They want to just take away having, I guess, even 
a console to sell necessarily they just want to turn xbox into a service and so then you have nintendo which is already committed to the switch i feel like whatever they release next is only going to be a sort of improved upon switch i think they've committed themselves to that model if it makes sense you know right they may make an excel version if anything if if i if if they seem to mirror the apple progression that i see and then you have uh sony which is a wild card here so i think that sony's only play is going to end up being mimicking portability because i feel like they had had it with i think it was a ps vita which was like the pick up and go, sort of like the Switch before the Switch. And the PSP. That and kind the PSP. Shit. And I feel like that is some... So my question is, what do you see Sony doing? Do you think what I'm saying Nintendo is doing right? And do you think Microsoft still has the advantage in all of it at the moment? Um, okay. Addressing these points one at a time. No, I don't think Microsoft has the advantage. I think they released the news first. They were definitely the first big company to announce that they were definitely doing second-generation consoles. We already knew that they were called Project uh, Scarlet or something like that, right? And then you had the two devices. One's going to be cloud-based. You can stream, and they're obviously going heavy on streaming, as you just covered today. But then there's also going to be the hardware box, and they understand that people like physical, tangible boxes, places and hubs that you can run games from without having to base everything around a good connection on the internet. So... They had the advantage of starting and releasing that news first. I don't think they have the advantage anymore because, like you just touched on, news has come out that Nintendo is doing a second-generation Switch, and then PlayStation is also planning on a PlayStation 5. That's not the name they're going to call it, I think. That's what they said, or at least in this article that we were reading, but um, they're not going to do anything like that. Switch. I'm already telling you now, it's going to be the PSV. Dude, I don't know, man. I don't think it's going to be V is a Roman numeral 5. Why wouldn't they? Oh, 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 PS, okay, okay. The Vita coming back. Ooh. Yeah, right? Uh, this is like a, I don't think PlayStation is going to go mobile. I know they can do it. I know they had done it well. However, I think they understand the staying power that PS4 has and how people enjoyed having the console in the areas. What they have over any other big name, Nintendo or Microsoft, is that I think they're going to go heavy in the VR. They have PS view or psvr or whatever it is and they're coming out with some sick ass games for that system and they're the only ones that have a viable vive or whatever you want to call it i don't even know it's just the vr movement that playstation has that xbox does not have right now and that nintendo obviously will never get to because they just don't have the power on the console itself that is my interpretation of how i think it's going to be a souped up they, they even said in the rumors that PlayStation 5, or whatever you want to call it, if we're going to call it that for now, is going to follow the same architecture as PS4. What did PS4 do well? Well, they allowed you to do indie games. They obviously had high power. It was better hardware and technically better specs than the Xbox One until Xbox One X came out. And then they have the VR aspect to it that Xbox and Nintendo didn't. And players enjoy using that system to get their VR kick if they want to do it on the light instead of buying an Oculus for a thousand bucks. Nintendo, definitely Switch 2.0, definitely going to be a little bit bigger, probably better battery life, or they're going to push for 1080p on a, an actual Switch. 
The other thing would be taking that 3D capability and putting on a Switch. Do you remember the the mm-hmm. whatever? What was it? Nintendo 3D 3DS? Yes, there 3DS. you go. Nintendo 3DS. I think they could do that on a Switch, and that could be a game changer as well. But those are it. Those are my thoughts. That's interesting. Um, you didn't think about the VR? Uh, I, I, I didn't consider it. <coughs> Excuse me. Black I didn't clone. consider it only big. Bruh. 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 <laughs> it's that, uh, it's a change of, change it's of the a black lamp. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, but, that's uh, what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it, uh, I'm just not bullish on VR. And that's really what it comes down to, if I'll be frankly honest. It's something that I've sort of cooled on. I think I would be far more interested in uh, augmented reality, which I think is more interesting in the near-term future. It's, just, because... it's the same thing, though. Like you just, you're talking about like Niantic and Pokemon Go, seeing that stuff yeah. overlaid on real time. Yeah. It's, it's the same stuff, just different screen. It, People need to get it, used it, to it, but though. That's what it, but but it is and it isn't where it's like you're still within the context i i wouldn't disagree i think if vr does make a comeback i could be wrong but it's just vr is not something that is on the top of my mind right now i still think we're at the technology inflection point of getting streaming down and i think epic has shown with fortnite by showing that you could do cross play across every console PC, everything, and mobile, that mm-hmm. there's a huge market of willing, interested gamers if you create certain economic, you know, create, create certain conditions. Make the game free. Make it available on anywhere you would want to play a game. Right. Make it so that all your friends play. Okay, what do you have then? In-game purchases if you want a little bit more added experience, but you don't need it to get involved, but you'll end up wanting to do it because everyone's doing it anyway. Microsoft is like, oh shit. So instead of having to be like, yo, buy our $400 console if you want to play, it'll be like, just sign up for our service. And then a lot more people will be like, oh hell yeah, I'll sign up. So it'll be $10 to sign up for the Xbox service on top of $10 to sign up for the uh, Xbox Live on top of $10 for the Xbox Live game. It's like that. It's like that program that came out for underdeveloped areas. It'll be like your phone. You'll be paying like 50 bucks a month to be able to game sort of unlimitedly. Right. I got and you. You'll be a sucker because you could have just paid $300, $400 down. But instead, we'll be like, hey, it's monthly, so it's cheaper. Another good point we probably haven't been giving enough credit to is that like what you're saying right now is only going to be possible if people have the technology available to them and that's where the commercial world comes in where technology is just advancing at such an aggressive rate everyone's going to have internet in the united states of america in like first world countries everyone's going to have cell phones everyone's going to have a computer at least most a lot of people very fortunate individuals do i'd say majority of people will and Mm -hmm. microsoft will only be as viable as the commercial industry allows them to be but yes it is progressing in that direction where everyone's gonna have access to all this shit and it's gonna be you know they're trying to make internet access uh what is it uh, a human right 
I think. I think that was like a they're thing. They're trying to open the funnel because they figured they'll make more money by opening the funnel than by closing it off. Right, right. Then by shrinking it into one console area or one PC, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. But like, I do think commercial success in technology and commercial advances, sorry, technological advances in the commercial area are going to facilitate these changes in the gaming industry for sure. I think that's without a doubt. It's just whether or not you still want to stick with consoles or not, like you said. Uh, interesting yeah, point. Yeah, but you also make a fair argument that the PS4's popularity, even at a later stage, makes the case that Sony could literally replicate the the, the sort of console, the home console status that they've just done their whole Right, because they've been Life's dominating. Fine. And they just be like, exactly. Nothing's wrong with it. It's like, yo, we're fucking Sony. So we we're just how we rock. And that's a bit of exactly. it. Exactly. Like, why wouldn't you buy it? Oh, we're just doing the same thing, but better. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> why wouldn't you buy it? <laughs> exactly. You know that thing you really love? Here's a better version of like, it. Oh, well, fuck yeah. This well, is fuck amazing. yeah. It's like, all right, well, it's not the newest thing, but it's new as long as it looks cool. I'm buying, I'm buying all the new consoles. I'm fronting, so that's yeah. not the point. But True. It's always fun to speculate. Anyway, uh, I guess that's about all we got for you yeah. all to, for today. A surprisingly short, smooth, and fun episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to have a lot of energy when the show's short and doesn't have to get pushed <laughs> all the way out. <laughs> all right, all right. To twice its pace. But anyway, uh, thank you as always for listening. Um, you obviously know where to find us. And if you don't, Ask your friend's mom or her favorite new podcast. Uh, hey, ooh, wait, 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 wait. Let's get them both. Let's get them with them. Hit them with it. Hit them with it. Both of us. Is that it? I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You already know. You already know. <laughs> there you go. That's the double Hadouken. Uh, that's double dragon. And uh, yep. it's a squad. Like we said, same show next week. Uh, Wednesday, as always. But the 24th, we are going to be rocking with a little bit of... The book review. Cheer, cheer, cheer. And don't forget to check out the Reddit. Lilo, see us out. Yep. Uh, thank you again for listening, like Solo said. And we'll see you next week. Peace.